1: Well, welcome. Hope everyone's having a great week. Uh, again, you're listening to Sustainable Success. It's been a great year so far here. We hope that you've enjoyed the, the episodes and the many great guests that we've had on since the beginning of the year. Again, we are going into our second year with Sustainable Success. It's unbelievable how the show has grown. And and uh, again, it uh, it's our audience that really comes back in each and every week that we w- continue to seek out experts, experts, that continue to provide content that will make a difference in your business as well as your personal life. Uh, Again, if you're new to Sustainable Success, uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017, and there you'll find a wide variety of past episodes with our many great guests. Feel free to leave your comments, leave any suggestions, and we encourage you to also uh, uh, take advantage of the other great resources that we have available there. So today, our show is going to be focused around creating cultural change, but I wanted to give a word from our sponsors. Our sponsors today are City Summit City Gala, and uh, that event will be taking place February 20th through the 24th. Uh, This is an organization that caters to business influencers, leaders, philanthropists, celebrities, and professional athletes. Again, it's going to bring together a lot of great people in one area to provide cutting-edge information to accelerate your business to the next level, at the same time while giving back to charities of interest. Uh, Great event, again, it's in Burbank, California, February 20th through the 24th. Uh, The gala is the evening of the Oscars. We encourage you to check it out at citygala.org. Also, our other sponsor is Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process so that we can build uh, boys into adults that become our future leaders in our homes, communities, and our businesses. Again, they have wonderful programs that they're working with other nonprofits to help uh, eliminate these issues of, of, of communication problems. Uh, limited beliefs and all of the other things that affect self-esteem and self-confidence. Check them out at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org, Empowered Fathers in Action. Really doing great things there. Again, our topic today is creating cultural change, and we have an expert that has been involved in this area for quite some time. And I am so been looking forward to this show, and, and I've had this ongoing discussions with this man for the last few weeks, and they are just just breathtaking in terms of where where the where uh, corporations, companies, and life in general is going when we adopt these principles. Uh, the, the expert that we have today is Phil Johnson. He is a CEO and founder of the Master of Business Leadership Program. He is an author. He teaches authentic leadership and emotion intelligence, and he is also an executive, uh, or excuse me, an emotional intelligence executive coach. His career has generated revenue exceeding a billion dollars. He is a sought-after author, speaker, and lecturer, and he has over 20 years experience coaching senior executives and global corporations. In addition, he has hundreds of stories and success testimonials. His MBL, which again, Master Business Leadership Podcast, has over 35,000 listeners over across 115 countries. And again, uh, you know, P- Phil's going to leave some information, how, to, how you could hear his podcast. He'll provide that information. We'll also have it on the Facebook, uh, Facebook page as well. And it's also on the uh, promo description that you see each and every week. You can get the information there. And without further ado, we welcome Phil Johnson to the show. Phil, how are you doing today?
2: Great, Chris. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's quite an introduction. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pleasure to be on your show.
1: Uh it's it's such a, it's such a pleasure to have you here. And Phil, you know, this is such a huge thing. We've had discussions now for over over a month now in regards to, you know, this cultural change and why it's so imperative for organizations of any size to begin to to embrace this concept. So, in terms of cultural change, can you talk a little bit about what that means to an organization in general?
2: Uh, sure, sure. Um, cultural change is extremely uh, difficult to implement, but it always begins with individual change. Um, you have to um, unleash the human potential uh, within the individuals um, so that that, that enables uh, cultural change. So cultural change, individual change needs to occur before you can change the culture of an organization.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And, and, and what do you think, like, like, what are some of the things that you feel, you know, that really stall companies or prevent them from taking action towards change that can do, that perhaps in, in this case could do many great things for them?
2: Um, um, they don't know what they don't know. And yeah. um, we're, uh, we're at a very pivotal time. Not only in business but in general because of the accelerating rate of global change um, we've we've never experienced this before as a as a species uh, the rate of change that we're going to see in this century is unprecedented and the challenge we have is that we have a two hundred million year old brain that doesn't like change and so we need to be Working on the development of our emotional intelligence in order to be able to navigate our way through the through the tsunami of change, both from an opportunity and a challenge perspective. So it's um, that's why you see more and more individuals and organizations um, looking to hire and develop uh, the emotional intelligence of the individuals within their organization. As a matter of fact, the, the World Economic Forum uh, has listed uh, emotional intelligence as a top ten must-have job skill by 2020. So next year.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, understanding people is so so important. I mean, you know, you see with you know everything where industries are going. You know, it's you know you hear it all over. It's all artificial intelligence. It's automation. Well, guy, obviously, automation. It's been around for some time now, but, but nonetheless, it always still going to come back down to people. And why is it important more than ever that, that organizations begin to invest in this area to better understand people, their behaviors, and, and so forth?
2: One of the things, the, the central challenge is that there's a piece of our education that we didn't get, yeah. that none of us got. There's a piece of our education that's missing. So our educational system and a large part of our employment system has focused on our doing intellectual labor. And that's, a, that's an important part of the equation. But what we're lacking is the emotional labor that the development of our emotional intelligence um, requires. And you need to be able to combine both intellectual ability uh, which is relatively fixed based on genetics, with emotional ability or emotional intelligence that is not fixed. In other words, anybody can develop their emotional intelligence. There's no ceiling on our ability uh, to become more emotional intelligent, and we do that through doing uh, through emotional labor. So, so intellectual labor and emotional labor are meant to work together to create synergistic results. But unfortunately, most individuals and organizations have been using primarily intellectual labor to generate results, and it really limits their ability to to grow and embrace change. So this lack of emotional intelligence is a huge gap in our development that we've been largely unaware of, but now with the accelerating rate of change, uh, we need to address it. And by the way, um, this is no easy task. Anybody that's uh, been involved in emotional intelligence training um, will tell you that there is significant both biological and sociological resistance to change. So... Yeah. Um, even though this, this process uh, is, is extremely challenging, uh, the rewards outweigh uh, the effort required, the emotional labor required.
1: Yeah, I mean, Phil, I mean, you, you kind of like alluded to this before, and this is so true. It's like we've been conditioned not only as people, but even companies that including shareholders and there, we got to have results now. We got to have the outcome now. You know, instant gratification. And you mentioned that, you know, again, the the emotional intelligence component is a process and it's not always easy, but you can never appreciate anything or truly value something unless you go through that experience or through, in this case, this process. Talk about, again, like, again, why that is so important. That you you know you talked about that that the fruits of that are, are going to be far greater than they ever imagined. But kind of go into a little bit more length about you know that process itself and yeah, why, I, um, it, it, why it why be- why those benefits outweigh that the you know that process itself.
2: Sure. Um, whenever so in order for us to obtain better results, we've got to develop better habits, and that means that we need to leave our comfort zone. We need to take different actions, and that, those actions actually create the neural network pathways in our brain that develop those habits, and we can do that at any age. Brain scientists have, de- have de- determined that um, we can change our habits. We can develop new neural network pathways yeah. um, by changing our actions at any age. Um, the challenge is that when we... Leave our comfort zone. There's a part of our brain called the amygdala that secretes a, cor- uh, a hormone into our bloodstream called cortisol, and it causes our it causes us to stop thinking. it it, um, it causes our prefrontal cortex to shut off, and we go into typically fight, flight, or freeze mode. Some of us react to the fear and the anxiety that change produces by lashing out or by running away, or by freezing and becoming like a deer in headlights. These are habitual responses to change. And the problem with that is that when we do that, we're actually burning trust, uh, both in our business and personal relationships. So the development of our emotional intelligence requires us to take actions um that cause us to leave our comfort zone and move through the fear, move through the anxiety that that will inevitably produce. And that's what's called emotional labor. And that's the kind of work uh, that's required to develop our emotional intelligence. And it's different. It's analogous to physical labor or intellectual labor. Everybody knows uh, what they are. But the the challenge of doing emotional labor is quite challenging but the rewards from doing it are are incredible.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, go ahead Phil, do you have something else? I I didn't know if I, you...
2: Oh, I have have lots. Um, Just tell me what, (laughs) oh, the other thing I wanted to say, um, you just reminded me there, Um, there's something called the trust economy and uh, the Mm, trust economy is uh, growing much faster than the, than the traditional economy. Um, it's estimated that, um, it's about $10 trillion a year in revenue. If, so what that means, uh, if the trust economy were a country, it would be the second largest, uh, e- economy in the world. So people more and more are looking to work with, others that they trust, and so it's developing our emotional intelligence enables us to become trustable, demonstrate our trustability, and um, that's increasingly important, especially uh, during the times in which we live with the accelerating way of change. We're relying more and more on our network of trusted advisors to, to make decisions,
1: Yeah, that's so important. And talk about like, you know, a little bit about, you know, why, you know, is this something that when you look at this, this has got to be something that, is it like one person or a few people, you know, begin to kind of be the example of and then it kind of spreads from there?
2: Yes. Like any, any change, any fundamental change, any revolutionary change, which is really what this is, it always begins with a, A smaller group of individuals that have an urgent desire for better results. So they have a, they have a vision for a desired result that's so important to them that it motivates them to move outside of their comfort zone. And in doing that, they're, they're actually having to do the emotional labor that the development of their emotional intelligence requires. So as they do that, uh, not only do they get a greater awareness of who they are and are better able to relate to others, um, but they become inspirational leaders within their organizations, within their their group of connections, um, and the, that inspires others to begin moving down the same path. And eventually, over time, um, it becomes the the default way of being. It becomes part of the, the culture of, yeah. of the organization or, or even the society. And that's really the direction we're heading now. Uh, the sooner uh, individuals and organizations begin moving down this path, um, the better the results they're going to get. But the inevitability of, uh, of this direction, of the, the need for the development of our emotional intelligence uh, isn't going to go away. The mm-hmm. sooner, so the sooner we, we get on this path, uh, the better it will be for us and for our organizations. What yeah, it actually he... does is it, it removes the drama, chaos, and conflict that we see around us everywhere. Um, so we learn to, in the process of developing our emotional intelligence, we learn to become less resistive, less judgmental, and less attached to outcome. Another word for that uh, is we, we become enlightened. Uh, we are able to better understand who we are, and that understanding better enables us to understand others and, and better serve them. So that's the direction. This is the direction of organizational development, uh, individual and organizational development, um, and the catalyst for this uh, is the accelerating rate of global change. It's mm. the time in which we live.
1: Yeah, and we we got less than a couple of minutes, but it, you know, from what you said, I mean, is it, it, these people, it, these certain individuals, are the example, right? They they have the ability now to understand themselves, and from that then they have the ability to relate to others and when by relating to others they would be able to listen more effectively to understand versus respond. I feel is that you feel that
2: is, yeah. what actually yeah. happens, Chris, is that even they 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 were able to create a safer environment for people yeah. to take risk and embrace change. Yeah. Um, and that not only not only are they getting better results um, but they're making it safer for people to to become more engaged in what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's so important. Level of
2: employee engagement, according to Gallup, is around 13%. So literally, the lack of employee engagement is costing the economy hundreds of billions of dollars a year in the U.S. alone. And Gallup's also determined that there's about a one-to-one correlation between the level of employee engagement and the level of customer engagement. So if your employees are engaged, neither are your customers.
1: Well, that's true. Again, it's an inside job, you know, and same with an organization. If you're going to produce better results to the customers you serve, you're going to have to have that inside, you know, intact that everyone's uh, on that similar page. Again, we're listening to uh, Phil Johnson. Again, he's the CEO and founder of Master of Business Leadership Program. Again, we encourage you to check it out. Phil's going to give you his information later. Again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about creating cultural change, but we're going to be going to break. And when we come right back, again, we're going to jump right back into more about creating cultural change in your organization, whether if it's a business, a nonprofit, or whatever the case may be. And again, we're focusing on the, the EQ, emotional intelligence factor here. And again, how this plays an important part in authentic leadership and helping to build uh, trust, credibility, uh, taking more risks, uh, learning from our mistakes to really take our organizations to another level. Again, we'll listening to sustainable success, and we'll be right back after the break.
0: Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Again, we're here with uh, Phil Johnson, CEO and founder of Master of Your Business Leadership Program. We're discussing creating cultural change. Uh, So where we left off, we were talking about the process about cultural change and in organizations. And so, Phil, I wanted to talk a little bit about what are the first steps an individual organization can take to embark on the emotional intelligence concept in their organization or as an individual?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Chris. And the first thing that both the organization and the individuals need to do is they need to understand their why. They need, You know, everybody's heard, I'm sure, the greater your why, the easier the how and the what. So the why is emotion, and the how and the what are intellect. So we need to connect with... Emotionally, why we're in business, or why we're why we're working in the organization we're in, and the more we're connected with that, it creates the sense of urgency to change, to embrace change, to to move us outside of our comfort zone. Um, and the organizational why is really the sum of the individual why's of the people, uh, that are working in that organization. Think of it like an engine. And the, the individual employees are the pistons that are driving that engine. So the more that the, the individual why and the organizational why are aligned, uh, the more engaged, uh, they're going to be. And so this is, this is fundamental to creating the kind of environment, um, where they can, where, where they can achieve better results. So really when we talk about vision, that's our primary source of motivation or fuel for the journey. And there's two visions we're talking about. We need to understand the organizational vision or the organizational why. Um, and we need to understand the individual why. It's like why is the individual in the company? What is it, you know, how, how will the organizational success help them to achieve personal success. So the better job we do at creating that alignment, the easier everything else becomes.
1: That's so true. Like I mean, like I said, a lot of times like we a lot of people will it, it even goes to like individual goal setting and and even companies, but a lot of times if they don't really have that why down or really truly that that why really truly resonates with what they're doing, this can really it, this is why people get in their own way, why companies can get in their own way. Would that be yeah. the case? and
2: I, I think it's, an import, it's a really important point to make, and it's that uh, for most of us in most organizations, we've lost that emotional connection mm. to why we want to serve the marketplace with whatever product or service um, we have. And um, when we lose that, we become more resistant to change, we actually become more controlling, and that stands in the way of our ability or even our desire to want to serve the marketplace so we need to we need, we need to reconnect with the emotional reason um, that we're doing what we 're doing, and the better job we do at that, the easier the how and the what becomes and I think that for a lot of the twentieth century. We've been focused on the how and the what, the, the intellectual yeah. pursuit of um, why, you know, what we're doing, but we've really lost focus on why we're doing it, and we need to get that back.
1: Yeah, because you really think about it, a lot of times, I bet you there, I bet you it'd be safe to say it, a lot of times there'd be organizations that are not even sure why.
0: Why? Yeah. they They know how yeah. and
1: what. Because maybe it's producing money and revenue or whatever the case may be, but then but why? Is it just for the money? You know, that type yeah. of thing. I mean granted that's what business you, you allude
2: to you allude to another good point and that's that yeah. see money has no value. Money's a placeholder. Yeah. Uh, money was actually created as a way of moving wealth around. And our greatest wealth is is our authenticity and emotional intelligence. So them so the marketplace wants us to provide a product or service uh, that they value that uh, can help them achieve some desired result or or remove some pain that they're experiencing. And the more we're able to do that, the more shiny beads or revenue uh, that the organization uh, will generate. So, but by focusing on revenue, uh, we're, we're really not focusing on the customer. We're really not focusing on the individuals we're, we're trying to serve or, or we're supposed to be serving. And really what we're doing is we're trying to control them as opposed to serve them. And that doesn't work out very well. It, it creates an, uh, an almost an adversarial relationship that really limits our ability uh, to generate revenue.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. It, it's like you know, it's like the how and the what, you know, can get you so far or maybe keep you steady or stagnant, so to speak. But it's really the why that's going to make it sustainable.
2: Yeah, and, exactly. And you can and, think and it, the uh, yeah. You can think of the how and the what as the uh, the twentieth century. Yeah. The twentieth century was about the economies of scale of bigness, and now in, in many large organizations. Uh, their bigness has now become a boat anchor around their ability to embrace innovation and change. So um, the 21st century is about, is, is about discovering or reconnecting with our why and combining that with the how and the what to create far greater results. If you think of, another way to think about this is an analogy I like using is an iceberg. Uh, the one tenth of the iceberg sticking above the water is really yeah. intellectual labor, or the how and the what. The nine tenths under the water is the, the emotional intelligence, um, or the or the why. And we need both. By combining uh, the how and the what with the why, we're able, or by combining our intellectual ability with our emotional ability, our emotional intelligence, that's where we're going to create our best results. Actually, and it's going to require less effort, and we're going to have more fun in the process. Imagine we can actually get better results by doing less and having more fun if we're if we're aligned uh, with why we're in business.
1: and and here's another great point that you kind of brought up here in in this kind of you correct me if I'm wrong, phil. it It also it, you know when we talked about the sustainability factor, we talked about that. You know, things have to be flowing within the organization if that energy is going to impact customers in a positive way. From what you just told me, that as the why becomes more important part of this process, integrated with the how or the what, this is going to create more interdependent relationships within the organization. Communication is going to be more effective. Listening is going to, uh, you know, rise to another level, and that in turn, I believe, you know, is going to impact the people they serve. Would that be correct?
2: Yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, they're going to not only become more interdependent, but they're going to become more independent as well. In other words, uh, there's going to be less need for the kind of 20th century command and control structure. It's interesting that um, and I think you kind of touched on this a little bit in the beginning, that management has been focused on relatively short-term results and something like the development of our emotional intelligence is an ongoing long-term process. And the marketplace is beginning to reward that. And what I mean by that is that typically the, the net asset value or the market value of an organization has historically been about two times its net asset value so when you add up all the billings and equipment and uh, fixed assets, things like that, um, the market value is about twice that. But now, uh, there are organizations where the market value is 40 or 50 times its net asset value. And what that really means is the market is beginning to value the, the people the, the The culture of the organization because they're recognizing that's the key to sustainable uh, growth and success. So that's yeah. a fundamental change, and, and, and it's a justification for developing our people, uh, developing the emotional intelligence of the individuals within our organization and changing that culture
1: Yeah, that is so key. And and then talk about a little bit, you know, when we when we create this cultural change and where it's top down, bottom up, you know, side to side, so to speak, you know, talk about how again, you know, when we talk about that sustainability, this is also going to not only improve communications, efficiency and productivity and all that type of stuff, but it's going to retain people. Right. You know, it's going to retain those key people that really bring a skill set or strengths that really make a difference in an organization. You don't have this turnover all the time.
2: Not only is it going to retain people that that are inclined to embrace change, but it's also going to attract people uh, that want to learn how to embrace change. So really what you're doing in developing a more uh, authentic, emotionally intelligent organization is you're draining the negativity out of the, the toxicity out of the organization that is responsible for the drama, chaos, and conflict that, that that's holding the organization back. So you're yeah. actually you're actually improving the health and sustainability uh, of the of the entire organization. So yeah. what you want to do um, is you want to look for those individuals that have an urgent desire for better results because they're they're the ones that are motivated to, to do this very challenging emotional labor. And you want to support them because they're going... And you need to use a proven program to support them and help them to reconnect with their authenticity and develop their emotional intelligence. You need to know at the outset that the investment you're making... In your people with a program that's going to achieve the desired results. And you need to support those people. And the results that they obtain are going to inspire others to want to move in the same direction. And this is a, this is a multi year process. There's no, there's no magic here. There's no quick fix. This is a fundamental investment. In the long-term success of the organization, but the organization will get healthier, and, resu- and the results will improve.
1: Yeah, and that's so important. Like you said, you know, the, it, you know, the 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 intellectual side, and we have a couple, you know, about four less than four minutes to the break, but the intellectual uh, side has always looked at trends, facts, figures, stats. You know, it's always you know all these things to document things, and it, yeah, and that's important. Absolutely but there's always going to be this case with emotional intelligence that you have to be able to you know really step outside and it's almost like a leap of faith in a way but knowing that in that long run that when people feel like they've been heard and you take all these factors into account that we've talked about how could it not improve you know so yeah. it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out
2: no, but you see, Chris, we've been largely unconscious. Uh, yeah. As I was mentioning earlier, we didn't realize that there was a piece of our development, a piece of our education, a yeah. fundamental piece of our education that's missing. And uh, we need to correct that because there's no amount of emotional, sorry, there's no amount of intellectual labor that can replace a lack of emotional intelligence. And yeah. so we need both. But quite frankly, the multiplier effect, the results multiplier effect of of developing our emotional intelligence far outweighs uh, intellectual labor, intellectual intelligence. And what we typically see is people are hired for their their IQ and experience, and they're often fired or, or passed over for promotion because of a lack of emotional intelligence.
1: Yeah. 'Cause like you said, I mean, that's really you can only get so far with the with the intellectual intelligence. It'll buy you some time a little bit, but you know, it's that you have to have it's almost like again, it's the you know, if you were looking at a seesaw, right? You know, you're gonna have two sides. You're gonna have okay, if it's just one sided, then you're you're either up or you're down completely. There's nowhere in between, so to speak. And when you got that balance, you know, to the best of your ability. You know, that's where obviously the EQ is the difference maker, and uh, so so important. Any other thoughts you want to expand on? You know, before we go to break, on you know some of the steps again that organizations or individuals can take to implement EQ into their uh, pr- program.
2: Um, there's lots we could spend uh, days talking about this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but even um, if you want to summarize, we think, have less I think than the two one minutes. The one yeah. takeaway I want to leave with folks with is um, they need to develop a sense of urgency. they need to connect with a vision of a desired result that creates the motivation for them to move outside of their comfort zone. That's where the change process begins. That's the fundamental first step in in any change.
1: yeah, it's gotta it's got they gotta know again, and this is where. This why is so important and oh God, yes, it's uh, I'm so glad we're talking about this today because this is just so sorely needed and it's going to be something where I think, you know, Phil, like down the road, there's, it's going to be, there's not going to be a choice. (laughs) It's either sink or swim. And, and uh, so this is something I, you know, obviously we got to put out this information. So organizations not only know about it but start to begin to do something about it and it always starts with certain individuals like you said that can then spread to other people and so forth so uh, we've got less than a minute Phil anything else that you want any other thoughts that you want to leave for what we just just um,
2: talked about just one other little uh, little tidbit and that's that future generations are going to look back at this time as the tipping point and they're going to recognize future generations will realize the development of our emotional intelligence is fundamental to our ability to embrace change and achieve better results. Um, it's very new to us now in this day and age, but down the road, it's going to become an acceptable part of our development, an uh, uh, acceptable part of our education, the experiential part yeah. of our education. Wow. So This is a challenge and an opportunity that's not going to go away.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, again, this is some great information. Again, you could hear, Phil, everything we've talked about up to this point and then for the rest of the show to come here on demand. It'll be available later today around 5 p.m. East Coast time. Again, you're listening to Phil Johnson, CEO and founder of Master of Business Leadership Program. We're talking about creating culture change. And we'll be right back after the break.
0: Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1 866 472 5795. Again, that's 1 866 472 5795 or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back again. We're here with Phil Johnson, CEO and founder of Master of Business Leadership Program. Again, we're talking about creating cultural change. If you're just joining us, we had spent the uh, the first two segments talking about a little bit about, again, the need for emotional intelligence uh, in, in addition to intellectual intelligence to really take your organization or your personal business to the next level. And then we also talked a little bit about what are some of the first steps that people can take to Uh, implement eq into the process so moving forward phil let's talk a little bit about you know this you know change we talked a little bit before about how change can be a difficult process for people so uh, so talk a little bit about what are some of the essential steps or factors that organizations or people that are leading that change can take can do to make that change effective
2: yeah yeah great great question Um, the first thing is to select a proven methodology that will actually work if you implement that system. So, if you do the work, you need to know at the outset. It's like if you're going to uh, have an operation, you want to have confidence that the surgeon um, is able is able to do their job and successfully perform the operation. At the outset, you you don't want to have any concerns about that. So, a proven methodology that has been shown to work is important. Um, Secondly, uh, you need need skilled individuals to coach the participants through that change process. And the third thing, the third essential is an emotional connection to the vision of the desired results needs to be established by the individuals. That are, that are going through this process. So they need to, as we talked about earlier with vision, they need to develop that emotional connection for why they're doing it. That's the fuel for the journey. And that leads into the fourth essential, which is the grit uh, to move forward even when failure is a possible outcome. We need to continually rededicate ourselves to achieving the vision of our desired result Uh, This is essential because uh, failure and success are are two sides of the same coin, Um, and we actually learn much more from our failures than we do from our successes, so we need to continually remind ourselves and challenge ourselves to move forward. So that relates to uh, the sixth essential, which is a daily sense of urgency to take action that moves us out of our comfort zone, not by a lot, but by small amounts. Uh, there's something that our listeners may know, a term called flow, and that's um, that's a, a, a su- subject for a, a different day, but it's um, if we just do little things that create that sense of anxiety, um, that's important. That, that, that lets us know that we're continuing to move forward. The seventh essential is a beginner's mind that views challenges as information uh, in order to make better better choices. Um, so in other words, we're not judging our results. We're simply, uh, looking at them as, as data. It, it's either the actions we're taking and the results of those actions are either moving us in a direction that we want to go in or they're not. And we, we make changes accordingly. The eighth essential is a willingness to do the emotional labor that change requires. And we, we talked about that earlier in the show. Uh, the ninth is the objectivity of becoming less resistive, judgmental, and attached to outcome. So this is really important because we, we waste a lot of our energy. We raise our walls and give away our energy to others by becoming resistive, judgmental, and attached to outcome. And this process um, helps us to uh, step back and become more objective so that uh, we're less inclined to, to raise our walls and, and waste, our, waste our energy. The fifth essential is the courage to take a leap of faith uh, that all change initiatives require? You see, when we're, when we're starting out, we can only connect the dots in hindsight. Change always requires a leap of faith in the beginning. And uh, the motivation for that comes from the connection we have with, uh, with the vision of our desired results, the, the emotional connection. So you can kind of begin to see how all of these are related. Yeah. The 11th essential is the refusal to become complacent and revert back into our old habits. You see, once we develop a habit, it's there for the rest of our life. And there's, there's going to be a, a, an internal battle within us between our old habits and our new habits. Even though the new habits may be producing better results, um, the tendency is going to be for us to revert back to our old habits. And so we really need to guard against that complacency, which causes us, which makes it easier for us to slip back. And finally, the 12th essential for change is the recognition that the change journey is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon that never ends. So that change has got to become part of our lifestyle. It's a never-ending process that we need to learn to embrace. So those are the 12
1: essentials for change. Wow, that's powerful. And again, everybody that's listening or or perhaps will be listening later on demand again, this will be available on the on-demand version. Also, you know, when Phil shares his contact information, uh, you'll be able to also get some more information there as well. These are essential for change. Change is going to happen either if you're going for the ride or not. So, if you're, you might as well go with the flow and incorporate these these 12 essential uh, components to change and really start making a difference in your organization, Phil, uh, you know I'd like to have the audience learn a little bit more you know to expand upon what we talked about more about the MBL program for Master of Business Leadership. Talk a, a little bit about the program, what you've done and, and where it's going and how it's evolving to help organizations
2: uh sure sure I've uh, <clears throat> i've been working with senior executives and uh, and their organizations from around the world now for about almost twenty years about i think i'm in uh, my nineteenth year and um, it's it's an essential it's a proven system it's a proven process that helps uh, helps individual organizations reconnect with their authenticity. While developing their emotional intelligence, and that leads to uh, to far greater results. And there's lots of um, in the MBL podcast, the Master of Business Leadership podcast, which I would encourage uh, people to listen to. Is there's there's a number of testimonials from uh, from executives that have gone through the program that talk about uh, how challenging it was and. And how great the results have been for them and, and for their organizations. Um, so this is something that's a, that's been a passion for me for a long time, uh, and um, it's it's a it's a very elegant system that, quite frankly, I've been developing for almost fifty years. Um, so it's really anybody can develop their emotional intelligence; they don't need a coach. I didn't have a coach, um, but it took me a long time, and I think that uh, the value that the MBL program uh, offers is, it's a proven system that dramatically reduces the amount of time it takes to, to reconnect with their authenticity and develop uh, their emotional intelligence. The, the program is, uh, is five months long, and, uh, but there are... Uh, there are folks that I've been working with for, for over 10 years because the ROI keeps getting greater and greater and greater. An analogy I like to use is that of a penny doubling. If you take a penny and you double it every day for 31 days, uh, day one you've got a penny, day two you've got two pennies, day three you've got four pennies, day 31 you've got $10.7 million, day 32 you've got, I don't know, $22, 23000000 million and beyond. The point of this uh, example is, is not so much about money. It's, it's, it's an indication of the process. It doesn't take any more effort to go from day 30 to day 31 than it did to go from day 1 to day 2. But it's a building process. So in the beginning, it looks like you're doing a lot of work for a little, and you are. Uh, later on, it looks like you're doing a little work for a lot, and that's true as well. So this is, this MBL program, is really a, a lifestyle program that where the ROI keeps getting greater and greater and greater. And it's interesting as well that uh, because it's an, essentially an experiential process, because the development of our emotional intelligence uh, isn't an intellectual process as much as it's it's what you do not what you think. Um, you can really only appreciate and value. Uh, it by by doing it and so i would say that the vast majority maybe even eighty percent of our new clients uh come from referrals uh, of existing clients they see the changes in them they see the the better results that they're getting and they want it for themselves so so the it's okay um that was my phone going off. I apologize for that.
1: That's all right.
2: So the, the, ultimate, the ultimate almost testimonial is that uh, you can't go through this process and do the work that's required and not get better results. And not only will you see it, but the people around you, the people around you will see it as well. And that will inspire them uh, to want to do the same thing. So that's yeah. kind of like the ultimate litmus test.
1: Yeah. No, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is great. I mean, and, and I think, you know, like I said, for, for what MBL is doing, I mean, I think any size organization can benefit from this. And knowing that, you know, this is a process, you know, these are things that don't happen overnight, you know, it requires people, people, you know, change and 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 adapt uh, in different, you know, phases, so to speak, or at different times. But nonetheless, it always starts with with a commitment. And I, you know, from from what I've seen with the Master Business Leadership Program, that if once that an organization makes a commitment, kind of putting themselves out there, that this program can help guide them to, through this process so that they can really connect the dots along the way uh, with the EQ and the uh, in, in intellectual intelligence to really scale their businesses. Yep. That's that is great. So Phil, we have a couple of minutes before we we end the show. I wanted to let the listeners know you know where can they find you, more information about to find you, about the podcast, and so forth.
2: they can uh, they can connect the podcast on their on their iphone or their or their uh, Android um, through uh, uh, iphone Stitcher, um, or they can just uh, go to master dot com. And that'll take them to the podcast as well. We actually began the podcast in January, a year ago. Where we just started our second season. We started on uh, our first broadcast was uh, was on January the fifteenth of last year, and we've uh, I think we've got about hundred and ten episodes right now. So we've been we've been busy. <laughs> wow. Um, so I, I recommend that if they'd like to uh, to meet and talk with me, they can reach me on Skype. Um via uh, and my Skype ideas, is BL Um I'd be happy to uh, to meet and chat with them about um, how they might like to proceed or what information they they might like. To, any questions they may have, I'd be happy Great. to answer.
1: Well, we're going to make sure that we put that out there. Again, we encourage you to check out Phil Johnson, CEO and founder of Master of Business Leadership Program. Again, if you're looking to really make a commitment to make a change personally or in your business, your organization of any size, feel free to reach out to Phil. Also, you can reach out to me as well. I'll be happy to direct you to Phil as well. Again, Phil, we want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. And you, audience, more than ever, joining us each and every week. Uh, Again, we will be back next Thursday. Again, at 12 noon to 1 p.m. East Coast time. And Again, for you folks on the West Coast, that's 9 to 10 a.m. And again, we're going to have uh, we're going to be uh, you know doing some different things this year, adding some new different types of content formats to really, uh, really help people and reach more people to make a difference. So, again, your feedback is crucial. And again, we want to thank everybody for participating. And again, from here, from Sustainable Success, we wish you a uh, a rest of your week to be prosperous. And again, may 2019 be your year to be uh, transformable in terms of taking you where you want to be. Thank you so much and have a great day.